0: I've heard many complaints about the cold and winter season all throughout my life. But to me, snow is like, well, it's perfect. I don't know how else to say this, but I absolutely love the white stuff. Maybe it has everything to do with the fact that I live in a primarily warm state, and I only get to see snow when I travel up north. Every winter since I was four years old, And I spent at least a week in a cabin up in the mountains, and that coldness felt invigorating to me. See, I would spend the entire week playing with my kids in the snow, shoveling our balcony, and putting logs in the fireplace. To me, there isn't anything closer to magic than the sight of it. There's something special about a snowy mountainside, but there are other reasons why I love snow in the mountains so much. I went on my annual winter trip with my family many years ago, but we rented at a different place. Unfortunately, the rentals I usually go to were full because the owner's daughter forgot to keep us a spot. They apologized profusely and referred us to this other place about 25 miles from where I usually go to enjoy similar scenery and to be close to my favorite spots. I agreed called that other rental place and I got myself a nicer deal than I would have at my usual spot, so I was pretty stoked. It was located on a different mountain, but it was easy to access by car. You have to park at the bottom of the mountain and use snowmobiles and a trailer to bring your stuff up the hill at my usual place. I mean, the kids adore it, and so do I, But my wife was actually pretty happy at the thought of staying warm and dry all the way up to the chalet. I say warm and dry because that spot where we usually rent is pretty windy, so it's not hard to get snow in the face while racing up the mountainside with a snowmobile. My wife, well, she's not a winter fan, so she usually spends the entire week inside the chalet, making food, reading books, and just lounging about it's fine by me as i get all the kids attention and we can play in the snow as long as we want now i may or may not revert to a kid myself when i see a bit of snow but anyways you see the place was pretty great when we reached it i was surprised at how luxurious the rental was for the price we paid i expected a lot less than what we were getting On the first floor, we had an open concept kitchen living room area, and we used the magnificent cast iron wood stove at the center of this open space to warm the chalet. There was electricity, of course, but the charm of a fire is unbeatable during winter. Now, it didn't beat the big fireplace from our other spot, but the thought of making grilled cheese or toasts on that baby crossed my mind if you've never had toast on a cast iron plate then you don't know what true love is i mean obviously i'm kidding but if nobody stops me i usually eat about eight of those little guys for breakfast there were also the kids rooms and a regular bathroom with a shower on the first floor the second floor was reserved solely for the master bedroom and its appended bathroom i was floored by the quality of everything i was seeing and I started to wonder where the catch was. You see, I paid several hundred more at the other place, and we only had a below-average stuffy chalet where the kids had a shower room, and my wife kept complaining about how cold it was. Here, there was electricity and that cast-iron wood stove. I mean, there had to be a catch, you know? So, the next day, I was playing with the kids, and even my wife was outside. The day was fresh, but not cold, so she sat on the balcony drinking hot cocoa and reading while we were building a fort. I could see another family playing in their chalet backyard not too far away. The air smelled nice and clean, just as you would expect mountain air to smell. It was a great day, too. There was a gentle snowfall, little to no wind, and the conditions were perfect for spending the entire day in snowsuits we were all including the other family absolutely enjoying the hell out of this beautiful day when they first appeared now at first i wasn't sure what i was looking at they were coming down from the top of the mountain wearing all white Now, because of the snowfall i just thought they were big guys they were probably renting somewhere around here too you know? No big deal. I tried not to pay attention to them. They were just tiny dots getting closer and closer, but the closer they were getting, the more intense the snowfall became. Wind started to rise, too, forcing my wife back inside and yelling at us not to stay too long. The kids were still blissfully unaware of the change in the weather They were just kids playing in the snow, and I wish I was too. But those moving dots were getting closer, much faster than an average human would walk in that amount of snow. And they were much, much bigger than humans too. If it had been just that though, I might have continued to pretend they were just big humans. I would have kept building that fort with my kids and not paid any attention whatsoever to whatever was coming down that mountain. But as the time passed and my gaze kept lingering back to them, I realized they were not just humans. I knew from comparing them to the trees that they were about 8 to 10 feet tall, and I felt something grow within the pit of my stomach, something screaming at me to get back inside, to pick the kids up, and to end playtime. It was most likely my survival instincts kicking in and feeling the danger approaching. As I heard my kids laugh, I stood up like a prairie dog looking for a predator. On high alert, and my focus was entirely stolen by those approaching creatures, I only broke eye contact with them for a second, and it was because I noticed my neighbor's movement He was doing the same, observing as they approached. That's when I noticed these things had started running. Something vibrated beneath my feet and I swallowed thickly, a knot growing in my throat. I told my kids that it was time for an afternoon snack and Daniel complained, said he wasn't hungry and wanted to keep playing outside. That's when I really saw them four arms they had four arms and they were getting dangerously close they would be on us within a minute but I still had the time to pick up the kids and run back inside before they came I bent down and I grabbed Daniel and Rose the vibrations were getting intense and Rose asked me what that was when she saw them and then she screamed I turned around and understood why she screamed instantly. Those hairy things had four arms, yes, but that wasn't the scariest thing about them. I was much more concerned about the length of those claws and fangs than I was about the multiple limbs. The gray-white fur was nothing in contrast to the vision of horror that was the face of these monsters. Face as black as a void and hollow as one too. It was like looking into a swirling, black abyss. A perfect circle of nothingness. A visitor from another realm. No way I wanted to figure out how friendly those monsters, beasts were. My neighbor was also making a mad dash toward the home with two kids in his arms. The scream also alerted my wife, who came back outside, half-dressed up. I screamed at her to get back inside, but it was too late. I don't know what happened or how they did it, but these four armed creatures had not only caught up to us, but my wife too. I saw it jump over my head, crash onto the balcony before it grabbed her and her scream was drowned out by the large hairy palm of the monster before it jumped back into the snow. I panicked, but I couldn't abandon the kids to save her. I thought about the car. I had my keys on me so I could potentially drive away and protect our kids if I could reach the vehicle. I knew that's what she would have wanted, and I still felt guilty for the thought. I made a furious dash toward the car, hoping I'd be faster than them. I wasn't, and I barely had the time to take a few steps when I felt it. The strength of these creatures were far superior to what I'd imagined. Four arms. Four arms to separate me from my kids as effortlessly as a monkey would peel a banana. I tried to turn around and land a punch on the beast and I screamed something about giving back my kids, but a large palm stopped me from screaming. In the background, I could see the same thing happening to my neighbors. I bit down on the hand silencing me, but it did nothing. My teeth slid down upon their skin as if it were oily, but it wasn't. The texture of its palm was just too soft for me to bite or even chew on, There was nothing I could do as it carried me away from the chalet, and I even saw it pass my kids on to another creature, so that it could hold on to me better. My possibilities of escape were next to none, but even if I did escape, how was I supposed to save anyone? The atmosphere fell silent around us, and all I could hear was my heartbeat. It was deafening. Adrenaline was kicking in, but it had no place to be spent, as I couldn't move a single muscle. I was being held so tightly by that creature. That fighting back was not a possibility. All I could do was watch helplessly as we were carried off to those beasts' next meal. And then I felt it. The ground started shaking. It was stronger and much louder this time. It made the creature holding me jump and dive into the snow. I could feel the snow around me as we buried into the ground, into a perfect hole crafted by the monster's massive body. It turned me around like I was a doll, shoved its palm over my mouth again, and allowed me to look up. This whole time, I should have been freezing. But I wasn't. I was nice and toasty warm as if I'd been sitting in front of my fireplace. And when I looked up, I felt like I was going to piss myself. Do you remember that scene in Jurassic Park with the kids in the car and that one dude says not to move because the Tyrannosaurus Rex can sense movements? Well, I was that kid in the car and there was something up there that didn't look as remotely friendly as the four armed creatures who got to my family first. Standing at nearly 40 times the size of my captor, the creature that walked towards us made everything tremble. From the ground to the tree branches, I could feel nature itself quiver with each of its steps. When it passed in front of our hole. I saw it sniff the air, and a loud, deep rumble escaped its open maw, from which dropped the thick, disgusting, rose-tinted saliva. I could see its teeth coated in green. It hunched down and crookedly turned its massive head from left to right. It didn't have fur. I mean, it almost looked as if it had skin a gray splotched with black body. It screamed, and as it did, I could see its vile tongue penetrate the air around its hideously bony face, and it writhed and whipped in the air, and when it was done, it let out another scream. I couldn't see its lower body well due to my position, but every hair on my body stood on end. If it found me, or my family we would die there's no doubt about it so i kept quiet i kept quiet as it sniffed the air and looked around probably scavenging for food and we were it dinner i mean our only salvation was the fact that its eyes were white cataracts had probably taken over them i was glad the thing that was holding me down had no respect for it whatsoever or didn't try to feed us to it whatever it was which is probably some sort of elder creature the creature eventually started walking again and the ground quaked with every step as it walked away one of its feet even made it over our hiding spot and i ended up buried with the four-armed beast under meters of snow I felt like I was going to suffocate. I also had snow in places people aren't supposed to have snow. But once the ground stopped trembling, the forearm beast clawed its way back up to the surface, pulling me back up with it. Now, I wasn't sure how to react, but it didn't seem like it wanted to harm me. It gave me one long look and then turned back toward the mountain top. I didn't have time to think about why they saved me, or where they were going next. I heard one of my children crying and ran as fast as I could through the snow to find Daniel. Within 20 minutes, we were all back in the chalet and packing our stuff. We made it back to the reception at the bottom of the mountain. My neighbor was already there, arguing with the lady at the front desk. She seemed wholly uninterested and ready to call the police if he kept going with his wild story. So I intervened, told her that I was here for the same reason. I wanted a refund, and that those monsters put my family in danger. They needed to believe us. Now, she didn't even react. I mean, how would you? She barely glanced at my wife. I was angry, but I mainly wanted to get out of there, so I asked for a refund. I got it, and I left. I agreed with my wife's request not to go to the mountains for a while. We went to uh, Hawaii, Mexico, and Jamaica instead. Then I started telling her again that the kids missed our winter trips, and we started our tradition back up. Now, never in my life did I meet those creatures again. Of course, we decided to go to a different state, too. I don't know if we'll ever see those things again. But I hope not. Even if they saved my life and my family's, I know that they don't come alone. And I don't want to know what happens if they fail to protect us adequately.